triple negative breast cancer remains a lesser funded research simply because it impacts fewer people, right? And so when you have a breast cancer that I, I wouldn't say it's rare, but it's no more than 20% of all breast cancer cases, we feel that most um, dollars, research dollars go to fund, you know, the more prevalent forms of breast cancer. And that's why it's really important to have an advocacy group like ours that is specifically dedicated to um, raising money for research of triple negative breast cancer specifically. Welcome to Believe in Progress, the American Association for Cancer Research Foundation podcast. Join us and be inspired by the incredible stories of those who have faced cancer with strength and resilience and the medical professionals who are working tirelessly to find new treatments and ultimately a cure. Believe in Progress isn't just about the science of cancer. It's about the human side of this disease. Together, we can make progress in the fight against cancer and bring hope to those who need it most. Welcome to the Believe in Progress podcast brought to you by the AACR Foundation. I'm your host, Mitch Stoller, the Chief Philanthropic Officer at the AACR. Today, we're joined by two remarkable women who are at the forefront of the fight against cancer. Haley Dinnerman, the co-founder and executive director of the Triple Negative Breast Cancer Foundation, and Melissa Berry, founder of Cancer Fashionista. Haley and Melissa bring unique perspectives to our ongoing conversation about cancer awareness, patient support, and advocacy. Together, we'll explore their journeys, the challenges they faced, and the hope they bring to so many. Haley Dinnerman is the co-founder and executive director of the Triple Negative Breast Cancer Foundation, the leading advocacy group for the triple negative community. She began her career as a corporate lawyer in New York City and pivoted to the nonprofit world when a close friend was diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer. Haley is a proven thought leader in the breast cancer space with the ability to cast vision, strategically plan, manage, and fund innovative social impact solutions. Her tireless commitment, unparalleled resourcefulness, and valuable relationships have resulted in millions of dollars raised to fund triple negative specific research initiatives, as well as an extensive array of resources and support services for those battling TNBC. Melissa Berry is the current board chair of the Triple Negative Breast Cancer Foundation. She's a 10-year triple negative breast cancer survivor and the founder of Cancer Fashionista. During her breast cancer journey, she scoured the internet to help manage the appearance-related side effects of her treatment and surgeries. Melissa began to keep track of the best advice and items that she found. Then she created the CancerFashionista.com blog to share her recommendations with others. She has since become a trusted voice in breast cancer community, launched her own podcast, quote, Dear Cancer, I'm Beautiful, end of quote, and has been tapped by several national media outlets to share both product recommendations and self-care tips for cancer patients. Melissa has been recognized for her outstanding support of women affected by breast cancer by many, many organizations. And in 2016, she received the Triple Negative Breast Cancer Foundation's Courage Award. And in 2018, she was honored with the YWCA Bergen County's Beacon of Light Award. Join us as we delve into their stories of resilience and dedication in our shared journey of hope and progress against cancer. Melissa and Haley, so great to have you here. Welcome to the Believe in Progress podcast. And I feel so good because we, the three of us are all from Jersey 
and we've got that that Jersey attitude and that Jersey spirit. But Melissa and Haley, so happy to have you here today. Thank you. Thank you for We're having so us. Happy to be here. Thank you for having us. So, uh, M- Melissa, we'll, s- we'll start with you. I- I'd love to hear a little bit about your your cancer journey, and um, you know, tell us a little bit about how you got to triple negative breast cancer. Absolutely. Thanks again for having us here, and I'm just so. I it's I'm, I have the chills just being here with Haley. It's 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 always surreal <laughs> when you're telling your story. I'm almost 11 years out. Um, I was diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer um, about 11 years ago, and uh, I was a fashion and beauty publicist. I was a young mom living my life, and um, prior to that, my my mom actually kept pressing me to get tested for the BRCA gene because we have a lot of breast cancer in our family. And I did test positive for the BRCA gene. I was very closely monitored, uh, but still, uh, I was I was diagnosed with triple negative, and uh, it was it was shocking because not only did I know what I'd never heard of triple negative breast cancer, but I didn't even know that there were different types of breast cancer. So uh, this this news sent me to a tailspin. And Mitch, I was just very very lucky that uh, I was because I was closely monitored. Um, we caught this thing at stage one with no node involvement, uh, which is is really lucky. And uh, once I knew what my course of treatment was, which was a uh, bilateral mastectomy and aggressive chemotherapy, which is what this disease usually requires, um, I thought, how am I going to look pretty for my meetings? You know, I don't need to look like a supermodel. <laughs> I just want to look like myself. So I, I went online, like, you know, Googled it. Where are the, you know, where's the vogue of breast cancer? Where are the, the cool wigs and the pretty post mastectomy bras? And I was so frustrated because nothing was in one place. So I started a list and this list became a blog. And when I realized that there were other women just like me that really desperately needed these resources, I thought, I got to keep doing this. So uh, it became a passion project of mine. And uh, I met Haley Derman, who happens to be the Triple Negative Breast Cancer Foundation Executive Director, who happens to be... basically my next door neighbor and our daughters went to high school together. You did not know her though um, prior to that? Mm. No. And so the story goes, uh, we met and uh, she was like, Hey, you know, uh, do you want to be, you know, featured on our, on our, uh, you want to be one of our champions? I'm like, what's that? She was like, you know, we'll share your story on our website. I'm like, why would I want anyone to know I have breast cancer? No way, Jose. And now I'm like, where's the camera? (laughs) Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) So I launched the, and so I I owe so much, so much to Haley. Um, She's a dear friend, but also a mentor and has always encouraged me to keep going and and to keep sharing uh, uh, what I know in different uh, mediums, which included a podcast, which I launched during COVID, something that I always wanted to do and and I love. And I'm I'm just, uh, and, and I'm now also the board chair for the Triple Negative Breast Cancer Foundation, which is, again, very surreal. Uh, but it's an incredible honor uh, to be working alongside Haley and our incredible uh, board uh, to to keep our mission going. So um, that is my story in a nutshell. I'm uh, I'm I'm a mom of two beautiful daughters. Again, they're uh, Haley's daughters' ages. Uh, Maya is uh, 21. What? Say that. And no, 17. <laughs> I don't believe that. And, and Haley, um, tell 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 us about how Triple Negative Breast Cancer Foundation and how you got to becoming the executive director of this uh, wonderful organization. Sure. Well, um, thank you again for having me, um, for having us. 
And, you know, it's, it's a very like roundabout way that I got to this place. I never saw myself doing this type of work. Like you had mentioned in my introduction, I was a corporate lawyer. Um, I was a young mom. Um, my family and I moved to the suburbs from New York City where I was practicing and I took some time off to, um, you know, to raise my daughters, my uh, twin daughters. Um, and it was during a, you know, uh, I think it was music together. It was one of those types of, you know, classes for, for babies and young moms that I met the women that would end up becoming the original, you know, co-founders of the Triple Negative Breast Cancer Foundation. Um, among them, my friend Nancy Zena, who was the friend for whom the foundation was created. Um, we were like I said, we were all, you know, young moms, we were professional women, but none of us had any experience in, you know, in the medical world and fundraising, any of this. Um, none of us had any direct experience with breast cancer either. Uh, so when our friend came to us, and you have to remember, we were, you know, in our early 30s, um, our kids were so young, um, and said that she had found something, she, she thought she found a lump, we, you know, we really didn't, think much of it. And when she said she had triple negative breast cancer, just like Melissa said, it was like the first time we had heard those words, we we never realized that breast cancer was more than one disease, that there were more than one, you know, there was more than one type. Um, and we certainly never realized that breast cancer could impact women as young as us. Um, we heard of, you know, our mother's friends dealing with breast cancer. Um, and most of them, you know, went through treatment and did well. So to hear that there was something so aggressive, um, a form of breast cancer that could impact someone so young um, was really shocking to us. And, you know, but because we were, you know, professional women, because we were, we felt like we were very capable, we rallied around our friend Nancy and we said that, you know, we were going to try to figure out, you know, what were, who were the best doctors? Where were you going to go to get the best treatment? What was available for her? And, you know, lo and behold, we Googled it like people do. And we got those dreaded results, you know, no results found. So there was really, this is back in 2005, I think, and there was really nothing out there. But what we did find was a uh, medical article. Um, and in it, it was in a medical journal. And in the footnotes, it mentioned Dr. Eric Weiner, who was then at Harvard. Um, and not knowing that we should be intimidated to call Dr. Eric Weiner at Harvard, we figured we'd reach out to him. And he was, he was incredible. He was our first contact in that world. Um, he encouraged us. And, you know, he was the first member of our scientific advisory board that went then went on to include you know, other, you know, luminaries in the area of, of oncology, of breast oncology, and, you know, really the world's foremost experts in triple negative breast cancer. Um, and then we quickly moved from there to, um, you know, I guess spearhead the first triple negative breast cancer symposium. Um, it was the first of its kind. It brought together um, about 35 of the world's leading experts in TNBC. Where, where and was that? The aim was to, you know, start a to, to put together a roadmap for future research and to kind of see what the state of the state, you know, was at 
at that time. Mm -hmm. um, and from that original meeting came a white paper, the first on triple negative breast cancer um, that has been cited hundreds of times. And, you know, that was our first kind of foray into research. So um, we ended up funding, you know, millions in research over the years, as you know, you know, um, with AACR being one of our partners, um, one of our very important partners, and um, also, you know, creating a space and home for women and families that are dealing with triple negative breast cancer. Haley, um, when when was that first symposium? When, when did you remember when you did that? It was in 2006. It was in 2006. And at that same time, um, Dr. Weiner was um, on Komen's board as well. And Komen had an innovative program at the time, you know, these promise grants. Um, and we ended up being um, partners on the first triple negative breast cancer promise grant. Um, and that ended up uh, contributing about $7.4 million to research. You know, in, um, in, it, in it sounds like um, what you did is we, we do these, um, ASR, we do these think tanks uh, when mm -hmm. there's a problem and you have to kind of think about whatever the problem might be, lung cancer, ovarian cancer, triple negative breast cancer. And, and it sounds like what you did was like establish the blueprint for what has to be done, I think, scientifically research-wise. Is that, is that kind of accurate about that? That is, that is a very, um, you know, that is a very good explanation of what we did. Yes, it was a think tank. It did bring together minds um, that had not previously been in the room to discuss this particular form of breast cancer. And we really were able to map out avenues for future research and, you know, a lot of collaborative um, projects came out even of that first meeting. Um, and this was a think tank that we'd repeated um, annually for, for many years. And now um, now it's not annual, um, but we still we still um, host these think tanks from time to time where there's there's more to discuss. And, and for both of you, um, Melissa, I mean, there seemed like back then there were, really was not a specific focus or there was a lack of a focus on triple negative breast cancer. Talk a little bit about that focus now. Um, it, you know, you, you both have seen, you know, and have funded many, many grants, including at, with AACR, but ha talk about the importance of a focus on research in triple negative breast cancer. I think that for us, what we've realized is, you know, um, there are so many incredible organizations um, that focus on you know, raising money for breast cancer research, right? But triple negative breast cancer remains a lesser funded research simply because it impacts fewer people, right? And so when you have a breast cancer that I, I wouldn't say it's rare, but it's no more than 20% of all breast cancer cases, we feel that most um, dollars, research dollars go to fund, you know, the more prevalent forms of breast cancer. And that's why it's really important to have an advocacy group like ours that is specifically dedicated to um, raising money for research of triple negative breast cancer specifically. Um, we help shape the research agenda through the think tanks, you know, like I described and, and other programs that we have. Um, and then we really try to work with incredible partners like AACR um, to, you know, help identify um, you know, researchers that can help, you know, come up with a breakthrough at some point, you know, mm -hmm. we really want to be at the forefront of research and, um, and really want to push people to think specifically about triple negative breast cancer. So you both sit in New Jersey, um, and, you know, really the, the, the foundation started kind of as a, a North, more of a Northeast 
you know, North Jersey type of activity, but are, are you seeing that your volunteers are coming from all over the country now and people like, do people contact you from all over the place to learn more about what's going on and where, where they can get help and assistance? From every continent. <laughs> um, Melissa can speak to this. We have one of the, one of our programs. So, you know, our foundation focuses on research, but also, you know, a second aim, and it's a huge part of what we do are programs, educational programs and support programs for the triple negative community. And, um, one that we started, you know, during the pandemic as a way to get people we're dealing with this disease to not feel alone and to be able to connect not only with the foundation, but with each other are these um, Zoom meetups. We have three um, every month, uh, Metastatic Mondays, uh, Thriver Thursdays, and Tuesdays with TNBC Friends. And people sign up from all over the world. Um, Melissa can speak a little bit more to those, but they're, it, it's an incredible resource and really impacts people worldwide. Absolutely. It's certainly a resource that I wish uh, we had when I was going through treatment. There is nothing better than speaking to other women that are your age that even have, you know, similar children's age, like similar lifestyle to be able to connect, compare notes. Uh, these calls have forged friendships uh, because like I always said, you know, when you're going through something like cancer, it's like you want to have the big sister to be like, hey, girl, this is all you need to do. Like, you know, call this doctor, at, you know, or, you know, this is where you get your wig from or no, don't use this soap. Because as much as we love our doctors, they are here to save our lives. All the other stuff in between that's really important is the day to day stuff. You know, what am I eating? Like, what am I putting on my skin? Like, you know, what am I washing my clothes with? I mean, it gets really granular. And um, we have an incredible community of, of uh, women that, have met each other through these Thriver meetups, uh, which are virtual, that are just, are, they're magical. And they're also able to exchange medical information because look, again, our doctor, not every doctor can know everything, right. every treatment. So someone might say, oh, we, what kind of treatment or what kind of medicine are you taking? I'm going to ask my doctor if that's good for me. So it's it's just all around an incredible And are they, um, people, they, how do they find out about this? I mean, is it a word of mouth? Is it on your website? How do they know to, like if somebody is listening in the audience? We're a social media ma yeah. machine, Mitch. I'm okay. just going to tell you that what right a surprise. now. We are really... What a surprise to me. <laughs> we try to promote these programs. And that, you know, the meetups are just one of many programs. We have educational programming that we do. Um, everything from updates from the major medical conferences to ways to deal with fears of recurrence, which is, you know, something that's very, prevalent in our community. Um, and we promote them like crazy. So we have, I mean, when I say we have people calling us from all over the world to join these teleconferences and these meetups, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about every continent um, to the point where we had to kind of stagger the, the times of the programming to allow people from different time zones to join. Um, and so it, it, it makes you kind of, um, I don't know, feel fortunate if you could say that, to be here in the United States and realize, you know, we have so many more resources here than people, than we hear from other people that they have in, in other countries hmm. and places that you would think would have more support still have to rely on us for, for information and support because it, it it's lacking elsewhere. Melissa, um, cancer fashionista. 
talk to me a little bit about Cancer Fashionista and the importance of that. I know it's important to talk about maintaining a really good self-image and, 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 and dignity and all those really important things, but how'd you come up with this? Um, it sounds like you came up with it through maybe your background and your earlier, you know, earlier professional career. But, um, I know that that really caught my eye when, um, I first, you know, read about you and learned about you and was going to have the opportunity to meet you back in December which was a, a highlight for me, by the way. Uh, but talk a little bit to the audience. Likewise. Talk to the audience a little bit about Cancer Fashionista and the importance of it and what it means to you and what it means to the community at large. Thank you so much, Mitch. And thank you for your kind words. I'm so glad that we have the opportunity to meet in, in person as well. Um, I basically came out of the womb playing with Barbies. <laughs> uh, obsessed with fashion from day one. Uh, I went to school. I went to Marist College and studied fashion design and merchandising. Poughkeepsie, New York, um, right? I kind of took a little pivot from design and I um, spent most of my career, uh, my working years as a fashion and beauty publicist. And I worked for and represented major national brands like Made in Form, American Eagle Outfitters. I coordinated interviews for Sarah Jessica Parker. It was it was it was a wonderful wonderful career. I wouldn't trade it for a thing. Um, and uh, you know, when you take someone like me and you throw cancer into the mix, it's like cancer and beauty and fashion. Those words don't go together. But I'm like, you know what? They need to, because Mitch. One thing I've definitely learned, and the reason that I created fan cancer fashionista to answer your question, is because if I'm having issues with what kind of bra do I wear or this closet full of clothing doesn't even feel like it belongs to me anymore, or I have no lashes. What am I, how am I putting myself together every morning? If I have these questions, it means other women have these questions. So I would really, you know, when I found a resource that worked for me, I would share it. Cause I felt like that would be really selfish not to <laughs> share it with anybody. And, uh, because of my, my PR thing and my gift of gab. It was just fun, really fun for me to share it. And like I always say, it was like having a magic wand. You know, when I started promoting and sharing what I knew on social media and seeing that it was helping other women and getting message messages from them, thanking them, I was like, oh my God, I can't stop. <laughs> like I can't stop doing this. So um, it's just really, it's started out really as a passion project and really just for my own sanity of wanting to look and feel my best. And you know, fast forward, I now have a, a, a nonprofit called the Cancer Fashionista Foundation. And, you know, there there is no reason to minimize the need for feeling and looking your best because guess what? It's mental health. If you don't feel good enough to go out to dinner with your partner or drop your kids off at school or go to, to the supermarket to pick up milk, it's not okay. There, there are women that are literally just like, they don't want to leave their house. And I, 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 I don't want to let that happen to anybody. No one should ever feel that way. So that's, that's why and, I do what and, I do. Um, how to, I mean, are you finding is more and more people and it's not specific to any cancer. I mean, any, any could be any cancer or a person dealing with any type of cancer could come and learn and, and benefit from this. Right. A thousand percent. I mean, I'm obviously a triple negative ambassador advocate. You know, I, I, I went, I had, I was treated for the disease, but certainly everything I've learned and the resources that I share are applicable to, to cancer and, you know, general trauma and disease states and, you know, many, many things, but, but primary, primarily yeah. a focus do, on do, cancer, you know, hair loss. Do men, and, come, do men come to you? 
You know, that's so interesting. You should add, they don't not, they don't, I wouldn't say they come to me, but it's something that I think I should start to address more because there are more and more men that are, um, you know, have an awareness, like a full disclosure. And Haley, I don't know if I told you this, but my dad called me not long ago and was like, Melissa, you're going to be so proud of me. I was like, what? He's like, I went for a mammogram. I'm like, what? Are you okay? He's like, I felt a little hmm. something. And I thought with all this craziness in our family, I wasn't going to take Good any chances. Him. And he's like, guess what? I went. He's like, I, I took my phone out and I, and I told the technician who you were and 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 she follows you now, and I can't believe how many pictures you have on Instagram. You know, um, I we we we've um, dealt with this group called Man Up to Cancer. A guy by the name of uh, Trevor Maxwell is the founder of the group. Um, and boy, I think I'm I'm definitely going to have them reach out to you guys because I I think I think Please. that there's Absolutely. a there's a real need. You know that that foundation is all about men starting to talk about their issues because uh, sometimes us us guys don't want to talk about issues like that. And and I think that they've been doing some really good work. So the work that you're doing could potentially impact those. Oh, I just got the, the goosebumps. I so would love that. Would, Thank you. Yeah, because men have mastectomies. Men have body image issues. They have loss of feeling in their... I mean, it's it's very, very yeah, similar. Right, yeah. Um, Haley, um, so... Tell me about the the not only the evolution of the of the foundation Triple Negative Breast Cancer Foundation, but you know what's your vision of the future for this for this unbelievable organization? That you know, I think I told you that when I saw you in December at the San Antonio Breast Cancer Conference, I had met you. I had only been there like one other time before, and that was like eight years ago. And I think you were pretty in the in the formative years of of the foundation and what what's happened and what's transpired is it's inspiring and it's it's impactful but talk a little bit about that impact that you're making and where you see the foundation going in the future well thank you so much for that i know we started this i we were babies like we were we were so young we had no idea you know um really where our place was in the advocacy world and i think you know we're still figuring it out, but I think we have a much better understanding of, of why we're here. And I think that, you know, in terms of the evolution of it, you know, when we first started, I'll never, I, I told you this once, Melissa, but, you know, we, we wanted to raise money for research. So we started this website, launched a website. There was no website at the time for triple negative. Um, and, we put down, we listed all the, you know, the grim statistics. And this is why you need to support triple negative breast cancer foundation. And we started getting emails for women from women who were in treatment saying things like, you know, just when I thought my life couldn't get any worse, I found your website, you know? So we immediately started, we realized that, oh, wow, it's not just donors that are looking at this. There are women out there, there are families out there that are looking for support. And this is what we put out there. So we immediately took it down and we realized we had this incredible opportunity to create a community and to create a home for people who are dealing with this disease. And so now, in addition to supporting research, which is, you know, kind of 50% of what we do, the other 50% of, you know, our activities are support and education related and really community building. And I think that, you know, where Pre-pandemic, if you talk about the evolution of the foundation, pre-pandemic, we took advantage of, you know, certain touch points throughout the year to meet with our community. Um, and when the pandemic happened and we realized we couldn't do that anymore, we thought, wow, we're going to lose this big, you know, this big 
aim and this big part of, of who we are. Um, and then, you know, and that's where the meetups started, right? That's when we started realizing that, hey, we have a different, we have an opportunity here to reach people that we never reached before, right? People in rural communities that were not traveling to the, uh, you know, on the ground events that we were throwing. Um, people who, who were too sick to travel, even if they were living, you know, 10 feet away from where we were. Um, and so, you know, now with our online presence and these, you know, Zoom meetups and, and other online events, we're really able to reach so many people and give them a place to kind of land during their treatment. And, you know, one of the, the things I'm most proud of is seeing how people who came to us, you know, as part of these online, you know, Zoom communities, um, you know, after their first treatment, right, or their first chemo. And now, you know, years later, they're post-treatment, they're looking at this almost in their rear view mirror, and they're there to help the newly diagnosed go through it. And so I think that that's what I want to grow the most. And we were always going to continue to, you know, support research, because that is a huge part of, of who we are. And, you know, we want to get to that place where there is no more need for us as an organization. That's that's my dream for the future. Um, but until then, we just want to make sure that people who are who hear the words, you have triple negative breast cancer, don't feel alone and have a place to go. And, you know, a caring community and partner organizations, right, like Cancer Fashionista or Touch the Black Breast Cancer Alliance, these organizations that we work so closely with to make people feel that, you know, you have more than one community and we're all here to support you. A triple negative breast cancer definitely uh, affects African-American community, right, Uh, with a higher incidence, I think, than, than normal, right? And can you chat a little bit about that? And and I guess I had the great pleasure to meet Ricky and, and interview her. And um, I, I think, you know, she's very close to you guys. And I think it's wonderful that there's such great collaboration uh, amongst a bunch of different nonprofits. We're basically family at this point. We are. We are <laughs> sisters. We are really, really just like family, like you said. So, um, so when it comes to breast cancer in general, Black women are less likely to get breast cancer. But if they do get breast cancer, when they do get breast cancer, it is more likely to be triple negative. Their fatality rates are higher. The um, stage of diagnosis is later. And so, and, and their participation in clinical trials historically has not been high. And so for all those reasons and, you know, various other reasons as well, um, the incidence of triple negative in the black community and the mortality rate from triple negative in the black mortality in the black community is it's just unacceptable right and so this is something that you know we've been working on from the very beginning um at our first think tank as you like to call it um back in 2006 one of our first presentations was from dr lisa newman she is on our scientific advisory board and she does a tremendous amount of work in um in africa um and in dealing with you know health you know health disparities right and so this has been on our radar forever um and now we've been you know we continue to do programming that is specific um, specifically geared towards helping women of color um, navigate triple negative breast cancer. But we also work closely with other organizations whose 
whole focus is on the Black community, like Touch the Black Breast Cancer Alliance. And Ricky, who was our former board chair um, before Melissa, uh, now is at the helm of Touch. And they have done tremendous work in, um, you know, making people aware of the need for diversity in clinical trials and in actually recruiting um, black women for clinical trials. And it's, it's really remarkable. And I think it's, it's something that, you know, we're following closely and supporting in every way that we can, because it's going to make a huge difference, I think, in survival rates over time. That's great. Dr. Newman, um, is fantastic. She's a member of the AACR board of directors. Uh, what a, what a phenomenal leader, um, uh, was recipient of an award from the Victoria's Secret Pelotonia Grant Award, and such a such a wonderful, so gr- great to have her as an advisor. That's for sure. So you're in you're in really good hands there, yeah. Melissa. What's your role as chair of the Triple Negative Breast Cancer Foundation? You know, it's uh, it's it's really such an honor. Again, I really have to stop and pinch myself sometimes because. You know, I could I could just close my eyes and I can remember being in chemo and being like, "Am I going to die or not?" And now, you know, I'm standing next to incredible people like Haley and Ricky, and and going to Washington D.C. and 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 sitting in, you know, having panel discussions in front of legislators. I mean, it's it's been uh, incredible. Um, I kind of have my hands in a little bit of everything. We have uh, uh, an annual event every year called No One Fights Alone, so I'm. I'm very involved with the planning and execution of that. Um, I'm also very involved with our triple negative breast cancer awareness day and month. We have uh, an incredible campaign called The Power of Three, where we engage uh, ambassadors from all over the country. We send them really cool swag, and it's a social media campaign primarily. What kind of of swag? uh, We have tumblers and fabulous sweatshirts and we've done pajamas, you know, with our logo, um, just really, really fun. We try and keep it very cool, different and new each year. But, uh, but yeah, we, 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 you know, activate, you know, a hundred some on women every single year to share the three things that they wish they knew when they were diagnosed. And, uh, and they help us raise funding and awareness around, uh, the day and, and the foundation. And it's, it's really it gets bigger and better every single year, and and uh, it's something I'm really proud of, uh, to be part of. And I, I, I mean, I work with Haley on things all the time. It goes on and on. We have all kinds of uh, we have incredible uh, you know partners uh, who sponsor our program. So uh, you know, involved with even just coming up with ideas for those and and uh, making sure those are executed and um, just being part of the triple negative breast cancer foundation. Well, you know, I've been involved in philanthropy for a long, long time. And um, it's such a, uh, it's, it's so refreshing for me to see uh, an executive director like you, Haley, and a chair like you, Melissa, working together. And, you know, um, it's, it's not easy to, to be a chair uh, of a nonprofit organization, uh, but, um, I get the sense and I get the feeling that there's lots of energy and passion um, that goes both ways here. And I'm sure that's what uh, that really makes this work. But, you know, philanthropy is a tricky game and um, and, you know, you guys are doing wonderful work. So as somebody that's been grounded in this in this world for for many, many years, uh, I just I applaud your efforts and I applaud the way you, you go about doing your jobs. It's 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 really fantastic. And I think it's it's really really neat. So keep keep up the good work. Well, thank you very much. And I owe so much. Like I know she's so humble to Haley because she really took me under her wing and told me that I can do this and be part of this. And 
as usual, I never believe anything she says. <laughs> can, can either one of you recall any, like, one specific or there's probably many, many stories of people that you have helped, but is there any, any one that really stands out of, of, of some, someone or some family that, that, you know, that you guys have, have helped get through this problem? Some of my favorite stories are people who came to us, you know, again, just right out of the doctor's office, sitting in the parking lot outside a hospital, Googling and finding us and, and calling and asking for help. Um, people who, you know, were diagnosed with later stage diseases, um, that we were able to immediately connect with appropriate clinical trials, um, and who are now thriving, right? They're, they're doing so well. Um, and now they are still, you know, part of our community. I think to me, you know, the biggest success stories and the things that, you know, kind of validate that we're, where we are serving people in the way that we hope to is seeing people like Melissa or like Ricky who came to us when they needed help and felt the benefit of the foundation um, to the point where they wanted to then become volunteers and stayed connected and helped so many people that there was no choice, right? But to to, to see them as board members and eventual board chairs. And I think that, that that speaks a lot to the type of community that we have and also the need for a community like this, right? Where, right, right. you know, I, you know, you're asking for one, you know, one or two um, examples, but there are just, there's simply so many and there, there right. are different ways that we've helped people. I'm thinking, um, Melissa, of one particular person who, when we went to SABCS, not this year, but the year before, you know, she's someone, she's a young woman, she's dealing with metastatic um, disease, and she had really specific questions. And um, she activated us, right, on the ground at SABCS. And Melissa, like the stalker that she is, <laughs> found the appropriate person um, and, you know, the, a researcher right after their presentation and kind of cornered them and got them on camera and got them to answer these very specific questions for this one member of our community, right? And um, it ended up having an impact on her treatment. So I think that these are the types of things that, you know, that we're proud of, you know, the fact that, yes, we've grown over the years, we're, we're different now than we were in 2006, but I think we still have the soul of a small organization um, and that desire to really connect with each and every member that comes to us. That's great. That's fantastic. So the SABCS, the San Antonio Breast Cancer um, uh, event that we go to at our organization, you go to every year. What 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 is what do you guys? What's your focus there at that meeting? So prior to going, um, we survey our community. We ask them what they want to know. You know what information they want us to come back with. And there's always things that you know um, that they're thinking about or reading about, and they want to know more about. Right. And so our goal when we go there is to gather the information for them, um, to interview thought leaders, right, to interview, you know, people who are even in the beginning of their research careers. But, you know, people are thinking about that type of research um, and bring that information to our community in a way that they can understand it. Right. And, you know, nothing too technical, but but accurate and credible. Um, and get the conversation going. That's great. Melissa, you talked about this big event that you're working on. When is that? Could you tell us the name of that event again? And when? what's the date for that event? 
Yes, I'd love to shout this from the rooftops. It's uh, May 22nd. It's the No One Fights Alone annual gala. And it's something that we're really proud of. It takes place every year here in uh, New Jersey. And uh, it's a wonderful way to, you know, uh, have our community, you know, sort of join uh, forces with us and continue the mission and also, you know, not just raise money, but awareness and, and have a really wonderful time doing it. We have um, honorees every year that we really enjoy uh, focusing on and, and thanking uh, by, by honoring them. What is the best way for people to A, hear about Cancer Fashionista, then B, hear about Triple Negative Breast Cancer Foundation? Uh, the best way to uh, find out about the Triple Negative Breast Cancer Foundation is go to, to go to our website, tnbcfoundation.org. We also have a very strong presence on Instagram. You can find us at TNBC Foundation, as well as on Facebook, and uh, a little bit on LinkedIn, a little Twitter, but I would say mainly Instagram and Facebook. And you can find me on my website, uh, cancerfashionista.com. And I'm on Instagram and Facebook, Cancer Fashionista. And the name of my podcast is Dear Cancer, I'm Beautiful. And you can find it and on we will Spotify definitely put, or again, Apple Podcasts. Put that in the show notes so everybody can just link to it and make it real, real easy. Thank you for the shameless happy, happy plug. That. We love that. Um, well, well, let me just tell you that um, when I had the great opportunity to meet you at SCBCS, I, I, it was like, for me, it was like this um, instant positive karma. Um, and, and so I just want to say, great work. You, you all are making an impact. And, and that's so important in the work that all of us do, making an impact. And you're making a difference in many, many people's lives, you know, uh, women, men, families, kids, all, all the above. And um, I really appreciate what you all do. And we really appreciate your generosity and your belief in supporting research, which I think is obviously critically important, but also patient support and all the other work you do is critically important as well. Um, but on behalf of all my colleagues at AACR, um, uh, we think you guys are tops and we think you're doing wonderful work and um, just just keep it going and uh, can't thank you enough for giving us some time today and um, maybe get to go to the event in May. Maybe I can maybe talk my wife into uh, us uh, having a night out, possibly. I think that you should. <laughs> That's a grand idea. And she can get a cute outfit or a dress. It's so, and it's honestly, it's a, it's such a wonder. It's a really, it's a very important evening and we have, we get a lot of business done, but we, I, we have I a lot of fun. We're a fun crew. What a surprise to I me. You're a fun it. crew. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for what you do each and every day. And uh, it's, it's great honor for me to be able to uh, spend some time with you and learn more about the great work that you do. And uh, I, I can't wait to see you again soon. You inspire me. And thank you, Mitch. And thank you for having us and for everything that you do. You know, we're, we're, it's a team effort here with this cancer thing. You're welcome. Once again, thank you to our listeners, supporters, and donors. Remember, your support drives the progress against cancer. Please consider subscribing to our podcast and sharing this episode with a friend and heading over to our website, aacr.org, to consider making a donation. When you donate to the American Association for Cancer Research, your investment in life-saving research propels the important work of the more than 58,000 members of the AACR in driving progress against cancer. You can support life-saving cancer research with any donation you make today. Thank you for listening to Believe in Progress, the AACR Foundation podcast. 
This podcast is produced by CollegeCast LLC. Please visit www.collegecastpodcast.com for more information.